are. You made it to Potluck Sunday, and I'm, I'm glad you're here. I, I love these Sundays. I, I, I really do love the way you potluck. When I first came here, just a quick story, I'll move on. But when we first came back in 2010, uh, we weren't as good at potlucks. In fact, often when we'd see what the spread was, one of us had to run to the Albertsons. The Albertsons not even here anymore, but we'd have to run. You remember that? We'd run to the Albertsons and go buy some fried chicken to make sure we had enough food for everybody. So you guys really are amazing with that. I, I didn't actually get out there to the food line last time. Today I am committed to that. I will make it there uh, if I'm the first one there. It's not because I'm rude. It's just I'm hungry and I, and I want to eat. But uh, every time you guys have done very, very well. I love the food that you make. I love eating food. If anyone knows me, uh, that is not a shocking statement. I am very in love with eating food. I also love the smell of food. Anybody else like just the smell of of food. There's this place at Pike Place Market. I'm going to butcher the name because it's French and I'm not French. It's called, it's a bakery, La Panier. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> In English, it means the basket. So we go to the basket, right? And if you've ever been, I have a picture of it. If you've ever been to that place, <laughs> look, I mean, look at that. The thing about the basket is you smell it before you see it. If you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. You smell it before you see it. I love a good smell. It's like we visited Joe Moore. If you remember, Joe Moore used to be a worship leader here. He now lives in the Ashland, Medford area down in Oregon. And we were there for his wedding, but then he also works at a coffee roaster. And have you ever walked by a coffee roaster? Oh, the smell of coffee. Oh, I love that smell. Or even uh, more dear to my heart in May, my family went to Disneyland and we were rushing around, hurrying from ride to ride. And then all of a sudden you smell oh, the popcorn. Disney is so, I heard that they actually pipe in the smell. That's what I've been told. Like just the smell of popcorn. Now I'll also admit I am way too cheap to actually buy the popcorn. So I've never actually bought the popcorn at Disneyland, but oh, the smell. Now, I don't know about you, but I've also had the opportunity to walk by some pretty terrible smells. I, I have a picture of my dog, <laughs> and I love my dog. He's, oh, look at that cute guy. His name is Griffy. Look at Griffy. But Griffy smells, I mean, he stinks. Kylie dog sat for us like two weeks ago. I'm sorry, Kylie. She gave him a bath. I mean, it was so bad. She She tried. He just smells. It's just where he's at <laughs> in his journey. And I don't have a picture of this one, but I was at middle school camp this summer. And, and I'm not going to, I didn't say this out loud, but a couple of times I walked by some kids and I was just thinking, you know, it might be time, might be time for a shower, a shower. <laughs> but I, I say all this because in our daily reading plan, this week, actually, we read about some smells, and I think as we wrap up the summer series, I've loved the summer series, but as we head into the fall and all that the fall uh, entails, I really felt like this passage was something that we needed to walk through. If you have your Bible, smartphones, tablets, that kind of thing, it's going to be in Second Corinthians, and we're going to start in chapter 2. We're going to read a little bit from chapter 3. Uh, Dave, I don't know if you got my text, but we're also going to read a little bit from chapter 5. But before I read chapter two, verse or uh, chapter two, let's go ahead and pray. Lord, I love you. I, we just love you. We we love who you are. 
worship today, I, as we were singing that song, I, I just realized, Lord, that you've done so much for me. And help us today. Help our attitudes, help our hearts, help our minds. We, we just need you, Lord. Even as I'm preaching, as I'm sharing your word, we know that people who hate you probably read your word every once in a while. It's not just reading your word, but it's being open to what your word has to say today. So open the eyes of our heart. Speak to us. We want to be changed by you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so here we go. Second Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. This is Paul, and he says, Thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession. And he uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. So Paul is saying he's being used to spread the aroma of the knowledge of God. Where? Everywhere. But look what he says. He goes, For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved. But he says, But also to who? To those who are perishing. To the one we're an aroma that brings death. To the other an aroma that brings life. I love the way Eugene Peterson says this in his paraphrase, uh, the message. He says, in the Messiah in Christ, God leads us from place to place in one perpetual victory parade. Isn't that great? Through us, he brings knowledge of Christ. Everywhere, again, there's that word everywhere. Everywhere we go, people breathe in the exquisite fragrance. Because of Christ, we give off a sweet scent rising to God, which is recognized by those on the way of salvation. It's an aroma redolent with life. But those on the way to destruction, they treat us more like the stench from a rotting corpse. So, life spring, you smell. <laughs> but I got good news because of Jesus, you smell good. You smell good. You are the pleasing aroma of Christ. Because of Jesus, you give off a sweet smell, a sweet smell rising to God. And this passage, again, I hope you hear this. It is letting you know. It's letting me know that everybody around you notices it. Everybody, everywhere. Those who are being saved, those who are perishing. Again, for one, it's the aroma that brings life. The other, it's an aroma that brings death. I want us to understand that today. I, I really hope we have that settled. Again, that it's everyone, everywhere. Because have you ever had, and you don't have to raise your hands on this, but have you ever had an unbeliever, like someone who isn't following Jesus, maybe just turn on you, like quickly, it's just out of nowhere, they turned on you, and you, you began to realize they actually turned on you because you're a follower of Jesus? Now, it, by the way, it's not because you were self-righteous or stuck up or a judgmental attitude, that's a whole other reason to turn on Christians, I'm not saying that, but like you were just loving Jesus and loving people, walking with God. And then all of a sudden, that non-Christian, they, they just could not stand you anymore. In fact, everything you said, everything you did, it annoyed them. You ever have that happen before? If you haven't had that happen, walk with Christ long enough, I guarantee you it will happen. And why? We just read it, right? It says it in the passage. Because for those who have rejected Christ, guess what you smell like? You smell like Christ. And since they've rejected Christ, it's the smell of death. Now, praise the Lord, not every unbeliever's response is like this. I mean, praise the Lord. I, I, I'm around a lot of people who, who don't 
actually have that relationship with Jesus, but you can just tell they're honestly people that are seeking the Lord. They're people that want to know, is there a God? They, they, they actually ask those good questions. They're curious if Jesus really is who he said he is. And they just begin to investigate those things. For that person, the aroma is attractive, isn't it? And that's often how people come to the Lord, how they put their faith in Jesus. is Actually, they smell the fragrance of Jesus on you, and it's attractive, and they like what they smell, just like that French bakery. And so out of curiosity, they press in and they want more. But again, sadly, often that is not the response. And that's tough. Can we just, I'm just going to say it for you. Someone turning on you, someone becoming negative, rejecting you, that can be hard. That doesn't feel good. Ever. (laughs) Ever. It does not feel good. One thing we do got to learn is how to let that go. I don't think as a people pleaser that it came naturally to me. But you do got to kind of learn how to let that go because that response from people, again, people who specifically are hostile towards Jesus, here's the deal. You don't get to control their response, right? I can't control how people think about me. I can't control how people respond or react toward me. In fact, every person I encounter in my day, I've realized this, they get to have an opinion about me. But guess what? It's their opinion. So even now, I've been blabbering long enough in this little sermon for every one of you in this room to have an opinion about me. In fact, if I gave a survey, 20-question survey, all about Daniel Allen Birch, oh, wouldn't that be a terrible idea? (laughs) She would give me a great survey. (laughs) But think about it. Different people would get different opinions. And again, I can't control that. Now, I can try to influence it by offering a delicious potluck after service. I could butter you up with some food, but I can't control it. Listen, in your life, you can't either. You can't. You really don't have the power to control how people are going to think about you. I'll give you an example. Uh, You don't have to raise your hands on this, but just think. Do you have maybe a brother or a sister, a cousin? Maybe it's a parent, a mom or dad. Maybe it's your son. Maybe it's your daughter. And they have decided that they have a certain opinion about you, and it's actually pretty negative. Anybody? Oh, man, that's getting close to home, right? Or let's get away from family. Maybe at your job. You ever have that coworker? You know the coworker I'm talking about, right? It does not matter what you do, what you say. They just don't like you. They do not like, I mean, and you brought them coffee. You took them out to lunch. I mean, you brought them cake for their birthday. But it doesn't matter. They don't like you. As unfair as that seems, again, I've realized people get to have an opinion. And, again, often you cannot change that opinion. Now, you can try to influence an opinion. You can try to be nice. I think being nice is good. You can smile. You ever done this when you're walking down the hallway next to that person and you say, oh, man, I really need to make sure I stop and I say hi to them, you know, look them in the eye, talk to them. Like there's things that you can do like that. And those are good things to do. But again, people's opinions, often they're made up. So we can't change someone's opinion, but what can we change? And this is really important, and I hope you're tracking with me this morning, because I've noticed in those types of situations, and you will be in that kind of situation if you live long enough with the Lord. The main thing that I can change is me. 
I can change me. And, and again, it's not with an agenda. It's not to try to change that person. It's not to try to change their opinion. But instead, it really is about me. It's about me being the healthiest, most healed, most whole, most authentic, peace-filled, joy-filled, love-filled, Christ-like version of me. I have that power. I have the power to focus on living from a place of health and a place of wholeness before I ever walk into that room that is full of opinions. Does that make sense? I have that choice. I can make that choice. But the only way that is going to happen is as I dedicate myself, what? To walking close with Jesus. The only way that's going to happen is from an intimate place of me walking close with the Lord. Think of it this way. Though I can't control the other person's attitude toward me, I can let Jesus control my attitude toward them. Let me say that again. Though I cannot control that other person's attitude toward me, I can let Jesus control my attitude, my thoughts toward them. Paul says this in Philippians 2. In humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And in your relationship with one another, what does he say? He says, have the same mindset, have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. Here's another one for you. Though I cannot control what's going to come out of their mouth, I can let the Holy Spirit control what's going to come out of mine. Let me say it again. Though I cannot control what's going to come out of their mouth, I can let the Holy Spirit control what's going to come out of mine. Ephesians chapter 4, 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful in building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. When you yield to Jesus, where he's actually influencing your thoughts, your words, your actions, though the people you're interacting with, they still might not like you, you can interact with them at least, have a relationship, God willing, with them that comes from a place of deep intimacy with the Lord, from a place of true shalom, of peace and freedom that is found in the Lord. And by the way, I'm not perfect in this. But praise the Lord, I am growing. Anybody else? Maybe we're not perfect in this, but have you noticed the good work that the Lord is doing you? That you're growing, that you're learning. And again, it's trusting that you're with Jesus and Jesus is with you and you're walking with the Lord. And as you walk with the Lord into that room, you know the room I'm talking about, right? As you walk with the Lord into that conversation, you know the conversation I'm talking about. But as you walk with the Lord, you can be confident that the aroma of Christ is walking in there with you. That's what you can control. Life spring, the Lord wants to encourage you today as you're heading into the fall, as you're heading into this new season, that's what you can control. Again, you smell like Christ. It's not about what you did. It's about what Jesus did. And because of what Jesus did in you, you smell like Christ. And how they respond to that fragrance, it's up to them. But you choose to smell like Jesus. You know, this is one of the things I miss most about Randy Ford. Right? Some of you don't know who I'm talking about, but Pastor Randy, he was a pastor here for over 13 years, recently passed away. But being in a room with Randy, that was like being in a room full of fresh baked bread. Oh, I, when Randy entered the room, you're like, this is going to be a good day. But this is hard for me to even say, but it was, it was kind of weird. It, it was actually very strange and weird 
when somebody would share with me something real negative about Randy. Several years ago, we had an individual just kind of turn on Randy and Kathy. And, and that person also spoke very negatively about me. I can understand that. Like, I am messy. You guys know me. I'm awkward and messy and very flawed. But Randy and Kathy, I mean, have you ever met a sweeter, nicer couple? They just love Jesus. Like, no way. No way. But I believe the Lord brought that situation to mind this week. Because as I was thinking about that situation, that person is not walking with Jesus at all. In many ways, they have rejected Christ. And I was just kind of, you know, I wonder if Randy and Kathy, Randy and Kathy, I wonder if they are a reminder of Jesus to that person. Because again, for those who are saved, it's a pleasing aroma. For those who are perishing, it's the smell of death. Now, by the way, you guys know me. I love everybody, and I believe God is gracious. He's merciful. That person's on their journey. I'm praying they come back to the Lord. Of course, that is my heart. But I say that because I kind of want to free you up a little bit. Because if that can happen to Randy, come on, then that can happen to anybody. Anybody. Not everybody is going to enjoy or appreciate or even respect how you smell. Again, you can't control that. What you control is your walk with Jesus. Again, Randy and Kathy, a wonderful example. But keep walking with the Lord. Church, keep walking with the Lord. Life spring, keep walking with the Lord. And let the aroma of Christ be evident to everyone everywhere. So how do we do this? And I want to close with this. How do we make sure we're smelling like Jesus? I don't have time to go too deep into this, but I want to at least hopefully get us steered in the right direction. Now, you guys know me. I got a lot of sayings. You could say they're Danisms. I'm not sure I made these up. I don't know if they're originals, but they're sure things I say a lot. Uh, you've heard them before. Jesus changes everything. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. All my eggs are in one basket, and his name is Jesus. But something I realize I say a lot, other than, by the way, oh, man, this is, uh, is going to be terrible. One of the things I say in my sermons is I say, right, right. <laughs> and now for the rest of this sermon, you will all be waiting for me to say that word. That was a terrible idea. I'm not saying it. But one thing you'll hear me say is remember who you are and whose you are. Remember who you are and whose you are. And as Christians, it is so easy to forget who we are and whose we are, right? Spiritual amnesia. And yet remembering who you are and whose you are, it's one of the greatest keys. I believe this. One of the greatest keys to living that transformed, abundant, joy-filled, peace-filled, victorious life that is found in Jesus. See, we all know the scriptures. Most of us in this room, we've been Christians for a while. We know that when you become a Christian, oh, the good news of becoming a Christian. The Bible tells us we're saved, we're rescued, delivered, set free. The, the death and destruction that sin had caused in our lives, it's all remedied through the cross. Praise the Lord. We're forgiven. The price has been paid. We're born again, right? You know these things. The old is gone. The new has come. A new creation in Christ. A new creature in Christ. We have a new nature in Christ. We're under the new covenant of his blood. These are powerful truths of what it means to be in Christ. 
You are living testimonies of this reality. But then walk long enough with the Lord. And have you noticed that the things of this world just begin to try to chip away at those truths? Sometimes it can be real subtle. Right? That hurtful social media comment. That hidden addiction that you just can't seem to shake. The broken relationship with a loved one. The lie that you keep believing about God and believing about yourself. The shame you're wearing like a garment. It all chips away at the powerful truths of who you are and whose you are in Christ. That's why the Bible is so important. That's why the Word of God is so important. It's vital that we're reading every day. Not to be some goody two-shoe, but it's to be reminded of the truth. Reminded. As in His Word, we discover the truth of who God is. Right? His character. His nature. It's in the Word that we remember what Jesus has done. But it's in the Word also we discover a lot about humanity. It's in the Bible that I discover so much about me. But specifically, I'd say this. Who I am right here, right now, as one who has been saved in Christ. So we need the word, right? We need the word. It helps us to not conform to the patterns of this world. This world is always preaching at us. The world is always sending us its messages. But we don't have to be conformed to the world. No, we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. It's a daily walk with the Lord, a daily reminder. We need to give him permission to remind you every day of the true supernatural transformation that's found in Christ. I love what Galatians talks about. It says, if you're living by the Spirit, well, guess what? Let's also keep in step with the Spirit. Meaning it's a walk. It's a journey. We know Ephesians 5.18, don't get drunk with wine, don't get filled with wine, but what? Be filled with the Spirit. Daily filled. The daily walk with the Lord. Why? It's to be refreshed. Anyone need the refreshing of the Lord? Well, guess what? The Lord is here and He's willing to refresh you by His Word, by His Spirit. It's a refreshing. It's a renewing. It's a restoring all by the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And what is the power of the Word of God, the Spirit of God? It is to once again remind you of your identity in Christ, who you are and whose you are. You know that passage about the aroma of Christ, that's in chapter 2. When Paul wrote this letter, he did not write in chapters, right? Do we understand that? I just said the word right. But he wrote as a letter. And chapter 2 continues, and it goes to chapter 3. But look what he says in chapter 3. He's describing in this moment that he's a minister, a minister of the new covenant that we are all under through Christ. Paul, by the way, in this letter gets pretty excited, like he's excited about this truth. And and I want to read this, but my prayer is that this truth, that again, Paul was excited that we could get excited about this truth of this scripture. I, I just pray that it would be an encouragement to you that even as I read, the Spirit of God would remind you in this moment who you are and whose you are. He says, we're these the ministers of this new covenant. And he says, it's not of the letter. But it's of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. He says, now if that ministry that brought death, which was engraved on letters on stone, if it came with glory, so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, transitory though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? 
So he's not even like talking bad about that old covenant. There was glory that came with it. But now he's comparing a lesser glory to a greater glory, isn't he? Verse 9, if the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, again, it was glorious. But how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has, oh, I just love this. He goes, what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with what? With the surpassing glory. And if what was transitory came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Mark Kincaid helped me out with this passage this week, and he pointed this out to me, that this greater glory that lasts, this greater glory, or glory that lasts, it's, it lasts. Why? Because it's a glory that is connected to the living covenant that is found in a living Christ. Does that make sense? That Jesus is alive. It's a covenant which includes the indwelling of actually a living Holy Spirit, a life-giving, living Holy Spirit. That is such good news. In verse 12, it says, since we have such a hope, it says we're pretty bold. We're very bold. We're not like Moses who would put a veil over his face and prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull. For to this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed. Church, this is it for you, who you are and whose you are, because only in Christ is it taken away. Anybody in Christ, give me an amen. See, even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Praise the Lord. And now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, oh man, there's freedom. And we all, all y'all, with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory. We're being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. That's who you are. See, letting jesus into your life and giving him permission to move in your life turn into jesus it's a game changer literally jesus changes everything surpassing glory because of what jesus has done for you think of it this way the lord is with you the spirit of the lord is with you and where the spirit of the lord is there's freedom 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 from what well, freedom from a lot of things, but one of the greatest things is a freedom from sin. You are no longer a slave to sin. Romans six fourteen says sin is no longer your master. It used to be your master, church, but because of Jesus and what he did on the cross, you are no longer a slave to sin. You're free. You're free in Christ with unveiled faces. You're now, I mean, just, I don't know if we completely understand this in 2023, but like in just freedom with unveiled faces, we're now contemplating the Lord's glory. We're even reflecting the Lord's glory. We are transformed into his image with ever increasing glory. Some of you know the King, King James version there, that it's from glory to glory, a greater radiance, greater splendor ever-growing, ever-transforming, conforming to the mind of Christ. That is who we are. That is who you are. And yet this world, I don't have to try to convince you of this, it's kind of scary, right? Kind of crazy. Newsflash, it's been that way for thousands of years. But in the midst of it all, and why I really felt like I wanted to 
give us this time to be reminded of who we are and whose we are. You can rest in that. Even as things happen and things rise and fall, you can be at peace. You can have the shalom of God. You can walk in his freedom. Again, when you turn to the Lord, do not belittle what happened when you turned to the Lord. When you turned to the Lord and the Lord saved you, you discovered it was unveiled a new way to be human. Again, where Jesus changes everything, including your thoughts, including your actions, including your words. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. But on this journey, let Christ continue to do his good work. Let him keep working on you. Let Christ be the fragrance that's on you. That there would be something different about you. Like, let Jesus actually influence you. That people would see Jesus in you. That people would say, man, there's a bounce in your step. There's, there's like a lightness in your eyes. There's a joy on your face, a warmth in your embrace. Oh, what is going on in you? That as you would walk into the room, that Christ in us, the hope of glory, would also walk into the room. And this is what I want to conclude with. Because actually, here's the real news of today. God doesn't want anyone to perish. Did you know that? And so he is still sending people just like you and me into some pretty crazy rooms. But they're rooms that need Jesus. The first Jesus that many people are ever going to see is the Jesus that they see in you. I've read 2 Corinthians 2 and 3. I want to read from chapter 5. Debbie Kuykendall posted this in our daily reading plan this week. This is the scripture from chapter 5, verse 19 through 21. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So see, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be an offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. See, as those who have been radically touched by the Lord and his surpassing glory, you're now his ambassador. Welcome. You are his representative. Wherever you go, whatever crazy room you're entering, you are a representative of Christ. But you do not go in there in your own power, in your own strength, even in your own nature. You go in there as one who has been radically changed and transformed by Christ. And he is now making his appeal to the lost to come back to him through you. Through you. Did you know that? It's through you. This is your assignment. This is your assignment. And so I wanted to take time here as the worship team comes back up and as the ushers come forward. I wanted to take a moment here to let the Lord do some work in us. Even this week as I was processing with the Lord, I wanted to make sure we, we gave a moment here 
carved out some time for the Spirit to touch our hearts again, to remind us of who we are and whose we are. That your witness to your lost family members, that your testimony to your unbelieving coworkers, that it would be saturated. Hang with me, church. I know a lot's going on right now. But that your testimony to your unbelieving family, that your witness to unbelieving co-workers would be saturated with the fragrance of Christ. That your life, not the person to your left or to your right, but your life would be thick with the aroma of Jesus. That it would be like fresh baked bread. So we're going to sing a song in just a moment. And when we do, I would invite you to come forward to take communion. I, I just say come down this center aisle and, and take the elements. In fact, my good friend Steve Neff actually baked some bread this morning. Praise the Lord. But you can take that back to your seat. And when you're ready, you can take communion on your own as we sing this song. But just again, as we do this, would you be open? Would you be brave enough to be open to the inner work that the Lord wants to do today? Again, allow the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's here. Aren't you thankful that the Holy Spirit is here? But let him remind you of who you are and whose you are. I'd also have to say this. His forgiveness is here. His grace is here. His patience is here. His mercy is here. Even if you feel like you messed up all week, newsflash, every one of us in this room have had weeks like this. But here's the deal. If you think, man, I stink, I'm here to tell you if you got Christ, that's a lie. That's a lie from the enemy himself. That is a lie. No, you are clothed with Christ. You are covered in his love. His love covers a multitude of sins. And you are under a covenant, a new covenant of his blood. You have been made right. Come on. You have been made right with God through Christ from glory to glory. So in this moment, I just pray that it would also be an empowering time, that it would be a fresh touch from the Lord, but also that this would be an opportunity to recommit, to commit to living in such a way where we would be ready to share the good news. Because we got friends and family that need to hear that good news. And yes, sometimes it's going to come through our words. But I think more than even that, what the Lord laid on my heart, This is actually going to be more about the aroma of Christ. Are you living a fragrant life, church? Are you allowing his aroma to be what people smell? And again, some will reject it. But others, oh, they're going to want what you have. They're going to be curious. They're going to say, tell me more. That's what we want. So would you stand? And I want to pray for us. And then again, ushers, if you could make your way to the front, that would be awesome. Looks like we have a couple of places, actually. We're going to have one on the side, one on the front. That's wonderful. Someone smarter than me thought of that. That's great. So let's pray, and then we'll sing this together. Lord Jesus, we love you. We love you for who you are, for what you've done. It seems that the world has this way of attacking Even our memories. Things get dull. And we lose that vitality 
that came when we first said yes to you, Jesus. And yet I just pray by the power of your spirit, you would blow through the fog, even now, a fresh wind and a fresh fire. Burn again, brightly in us, Lord. Burn in us. Burn in us. Blow through us, Lord. Holy Spirit of God, even now, blow in this place. Blow through us, Lord, that when people see us, they would see Jesus. They would see Jesus. They would see the lover of their soul. They would see a hope and a chance for rescue and deliverance. They would see that there's a way out of the hole that they feel so trapped and stuck in. That when they encounter us and the hope that we found in you, Jesus, that they would want to know more. And that we would be ready to give an account, to share the hope that we have in you, Jesus. And, oh, Lord, more than anything, may our lives just permeate and radiate the fragrance, the sweet fragrance of Jesus. Move in this place right now, in this moment, Lord. Have your way. Amen.